Welcome to The Porch here on Firefall Talk Radio. I'm Richard Grund. It's that time again, time to get back to basics, the red-letter basics, studying the Word of God, focusing on the Book of Acts Church to see how they serve the Lord. In my opinion, they are our example. So we take a deeper look into their service to the kingdom of God so that we can replicate it. Our desire has always been all the way back to the uh, the home church in Tallahassee to find and restore the priesthood of the believer and regain the world-shaking influence that the early church had. We do that by digging deeper into Scripture, finding out what was written and what they meant about what they wrote. And in doing so, we find the church that the Lord intended and not the one that man created because the church age is not over. What happened in the upper room is as much for today as it was on the day of Pentecost. If you believe that, if you know that there is more to your spiritual walk with Yeshua, with Jesus, than you've ever been told, and you want more, then join us on this journey as we get back to basics. If you have any questions, go to firefalltalkradio.com. Use the contact button or write us directly at the porch, lowercase one word, at firefalltalkradio.com. If you would like to support what we do here, go to the new updated website for firefalltalkradio.com. At the bottom of the page there are ways to do so. If you need more information, just reach out and we'll be glad to give it. We appreciate your support and your encouragement. And welcome to all of our listeners from the various streaming platforms where I am hoping you are subscribed subscribed to know when a new session of The Porch goes up. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of The Porch, part of the community, a part of our family. If you need prayer or you want to pray for others, let us know. We'll connect you. Um, I will be getting those prayer emails back out there, so keep an eye out for that. Make sure you're subscribing to us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. There are links on the main page for the website. A newsletter went out this week via email that in the old format. I mean, very old, all the way back to 2010. And I did a test case where I sent out another email with the newsletter as a PDF file attached to it to test out the concept. Most of the positive response was they really liked having the PDF to download and read, but not everybody wants to download it, so um, I'll figure it out. But new format, new year, we're doing new things, so we're ready to be used by the Lord. Aerial support, if you're out there, SRT, Firefall, me, uh, every member of the team and their families have entered a new season of warfare unlike anything we've seen before. Don't need to go into all of that. If you need more details, you can reach out to me personally. But if you're a part of the aerial support, we desperately need you. Years ago, we used to do something called the Praise and Prayer Night on the porch. It was the last Wednesday of every month. And we would bring in praise reports, prayer requests. I would either read them or you would send them in as a recording and then I would share them, and we would pray for you because we don't have somebody to screen the calls. It's very difficult to have you call in. If I could work that out, I will. But if you'd be interested in having um, either one Wednesday a week or maybe for 30 minutes on one Wednesday a week, either before or after the Bible study, we'll do, maybe we'll do a shorter session like Porch Light so that we still get word in. But if you'd be interested in that, let me know. Somebody asked me if I was ever going to do Zoom meetings or stuff online. I am considering it, but with everybody all over the world in different time zones, it might be a little dif difficult. Again, if you would like to do online prayer sessions, teachings, seminars with me, let me know. We start out with praise reports and prayer requests always, always, always always starting out with praise reports. Well, I praise him. I praise him for his love, for his grace, for his mercy, for his salvation, which he died for me to get. 
I praise him for the home that I have, my wife, my family, my furry kids, all of our possessions, all of this technology that helps me do what I do for you and with you. Praise him for the ministry that he allows me to work and the provision for it that only he can supply. We don't have any big-name sponsors or heavy hitters. It's, it's He has to supply it through you and through other means. I pray for the day that that is completely covered and we've got the money to run and gun and the spirit and hit the road and do all the things we've ever talked about here on Firefall Talk Radio. I praise him for the protection that he gives us and, and everything that he does for us, for being born again, being different and a renewed spirit man. I'm not the old me. I'm a new creation and Messiah. I praise him for the signs of the times. Without them, we would be lost. We know when the seasons are changing. We have signs that tell us where we are in the grand scheme of things. Well, he's given those to us spiritually, and I believe that the signs are. He's getting ready to return. But that also means, that means the man of perdition, the Antichrist, will appear first. Creation's groaning for the return of the king, and so is my spirit. So let's praise him. Praise him for his arrival. Praise him for the coming kingdom and the new Jerusalem. But before then, we got a job to do, and part of that job is prayer. Pray for Israel. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem, and they prosper who love you. Peace be within your walls, prosperity within your palaces. For the sake of my brethren... And my companions, I will now say, peace be within you. Psalm 122, verses 6 through 8. I don't know where everybody is, but I support Israel. I stand with Israel. I stand with the people and pray for the people that have been kidnapped, suffering families, bodies that have not been returned, new people. Three other deaths were reported this week in Gaza. This has gone on too long. Bring them home now, I also pray for the people of Gaza who have suffered under the hands and the actions of Hamas. I pray for the fatherless and the widows, the innocents, the martyrs, the victims of injustice, for all of our brothers and sisters out there that are being slaughtered for their faith. I pray for divine wholeness, health, and healing in me and my wife, my family, and each and every one of you. We need to concentrate and pray to get back to our divine design. We need to eat better. We need exercise. We need to take care of this body he's given us in the natural, but we need his help in the spiritual as well. If you're sick, many people are. You know, they have a new virus out there, the X virus. They don't even have a name for it yet, but (laughs) we won't go there. But anyway. Father, in the name of Yeshua, for everyone who's suffering, for the flu, through this, whatever, scamdemic, pandemic, whatever, we know that you're greater than all of those things. So I just lift my hand to them in the spirit, and I say, be healed in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, be made whole, heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit, and if you agree with me, say amen. I pray for protection. We're in a very dangerous time. That Psalm 91 covering to be in effect and for us to stay behind the walls in his protection to not venture out into the darkness or get off the path. I pray for the fire of the Holy Spirit to inspire us, for the remnant to wake up, to rise up, to answer the call to action, to do what we've been called to do. People out there need us. Pray for the blessings. If you've been blessed, be a blessing. Pass it on. We'll pass it on, and we'll get this flow of blessing that the enemy cannot stop us or slow things down. Let's pray. Pray together. Pray in the mornings. Pray in the afternoon. Pray in the evening. Set aside a time to pray. Pray for your brothers and sisters that you know, that you don't know, for the porch, the porch community, for Firefall, for SRT. Whatever the Spirit brings to mind, pray. Our faith-filled, explosive prayers change things. 
It's time for us to become more unified, to become proactive against the enemy and not reactive, but to do it in confidence, purpose, and power without fear. I pray for the mission of Firefall is, especially Firefall Talk Radio, is information, illumination, inspiration. To do all three of those things, to expose the enemy, to show the world what he's doing, how he's doing it, so that they can respond accordingly. I pray for the kingdom of God to rise up so we can operate efficiently in the calling, exposing the enemies, seeking the lost, helping the dying, sending the captives free, those in bondage, healing them, speaking words of life into them, loving them, and ultimately destroying the work of the enemy. So, Father, we come to you in the name of your Son, Yeshua, salvation. We ask you to join us because we love you. You are awesome. You are Abba. You're Papa. You're God. I'm so thankful that I don't have to remember all your different names and I don't have to worry about putting a vowel in, in your name. And I don't have to worry about that because you, Yeshua told us to call you Abba. In Abba, you are all those things to me. And I thank you for access to the throne room. I thank you, Lord. It saddens me that it took your blood and it took the cross to make that happen. But thank you so much for what you've done. Thank you for sending the Holy Spirit to walk with us, to teach us, to guide us, to bring us into intimacy with you. You're not a far-off, distant God, but you're a loving, present Father. So we ask that you bless this time, that you bless this word. Protect us and all that we have. Protect the technology. Let this word go forth. Let it do what you desire it to do. And I pray all these things in Yeshua's name. Amen. Lessons are proprietary information, except where noted the information comes from outside sources. Combination of that information, the matter presented is exclusive, cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. Jonathan Edwards, theologian and revivalist of the late 1700s, during that period of time we had those great revivals, said this. We cannot believe that the church of God is already possessed of all the light which God intends to give it, nor that all Satan's lurking places have already been found out. What he's hinting at is there's plenty of light, there's more to come, and we need to shine. And we're going to stay with that theme until the Lord releases me. Because as the darkness increases, so must the light, and that light comes from us. Get your Bibles open. If you have access, access, it's easy for me to say, access to the Scriptures list, you'll know it's coming. But I only give you the Scripture. I don't give the whole thing to you to make you look it up, to know where it is in the Word, and to learn how to find it so that you can go there again. You can highlight it later, but I want you to listen. If you're following along, that's great. If you're good at that, if you're a pro, if you're a veteran, and you're following along, I'll tell you where you should highlight. First John chapter 1, starting verse 5. This is the message which we have heard from him, him being Yeshua, and declare to you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie. And do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus the Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, his son, 
cleanses us from all sin. There's no darkness at all in him. But if we're walking in darkness, willfully walking in darkness, but we say we know him, we're lying. But if we walk in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Messiah cleanses us from our sins. Fellowship with him and fellowship with one another takes place in the light. Light is the purpose and nature of God. Light completed his creative work on the fourth day. After that, he started to to do the animals, but the planet and the earth and all those things and the sun and the moon and illumination, light was the culmination of his creation. Then he could tend to the life on the planet. You see, the reason he did that is light is vital to life, both natural and spiritual. The International Standard Bible Encyclopedia says the word light is divinely rich in its comprehensiveness and meaning. Its material splendor is used throughout the scriptures as the symbol and synonym of all that is luminous and radiant in the mental, moral, and spiritual life of men and angels. While the eternal God, because of his holiness and moral perfection, is pictured as dwelling in light unapproachable. First Timothy, verse 6. I'm going to start with verse 12. Chapter 6, verse 12. Fight the good fight of faith. He's speaking to Timothy, Paul is. Lay hold on eternal life to which you are also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I urge you in the sight of God who gives life to all things, and before Messiah Yeshua, who witnessed the good confession before Pontius Pilate, that you keep this commandment without spot, blameless until our Lord Jesus the Messiah appears, which he will manifest in his own time, he who is the blessed and only potent, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who has immortality, dwelling in inapproachable light, whom no man has seen or can see, to whom be honor and everlasting power. See, every phase of the word, from the original light in Genesis and to the natural world and to the spiritual glory of the celestial and God, all of that is found in the word. You want your answers? Open your Bible. Spend time with the Lord. Let the Holy Spirit illuminate the Word for you. But that tells us He's dwelling in inapproachable light. He is the source of all light. But we are lamps of His light to the world. And not all of the world, but our world, my world. I don't have to light the whole world. Can't do that. But I can light my world. I can't affect everything around me by shining. I can affect my area of influence. When God was giving the instructions to build the articles of the tabernacle in Leviticus 24, verse 2, this is what he told Moses. Command the children of Israel that they bring to you pure oil of pressed olives for the light to make the lamps burn continually. Pure oil. That's what he wants in his lamps. See, God wanted perpetual light. He didn't want those lamps to ever go out because he is light perpetual. Remember what it just said in John, 1 John 1, 5. This is the message we heard from Yeshua and now declare to you. God is light. And there's no darkness, darkness in him at all. There's never darkness. There's never shadows. We, we are those lamps, and we have the pure oil of the Holy Spirit in us to allow us to burn continually pure oil, unpolluted, uncontaminated, clean, free of foreign matter, 
nothing of the world, nothing of the enemy, nothing of false religions or false teachings, because when you add those things, the oil becomes corrupted, doesn't burn right, will start to smoke. Pure oil is uncontaminated by all the things that are killing the church right now. The other thing about that oil is purity. Blessed, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Matthew 5, 8, Sermon on the Mount. It takes a pure heart to hold his light in it. Not a corrupt heart. Not a sinful heart. Not a lying heart. Not a bitter heart. A pure heart. How do you get that? Well, the answer is in Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Where are those things found? They're found in his word. They're not found in the world because the world pollutes. The spirit purifies. James 4, 8, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Everybody wants relationship. Everybody wants to get close. But nobody wants to be clean. Nobody wants to do what they need to do to stay clean, to stay out of the mud. I was one of those kids. I'd get all, My mother would overdress me. My, my mother would put me in starch shirts and bow ties and uh, just ridiculousness and then say, don't get dirty. Uh, okay, I'm four or five years old. I want to play. Don't get dirty. Well, of course I got dirty and then I got in trouble because the clothes I was wearing got dirty. When you play in the world, you get dirty. You roll in the dirt, you get dirty. Don't do that. Because any pollution, if there's anything that that light gets dimmed and will have little effect on the darkness, think of flashlight with weak or dying batteries. Well, you know how that is in the middle of a blackout or a power outage and you reach for that flashlight and realize the batteries are either dead or dying and you turn it on and it gives you this weak glimmer that barely makes it outside the lens. And what your first thought is, that's not going to do me any good. I need to find batteries. We shouldn't be like that. Well, you know, I'm feeling a little run down spiritually. I need to I need to pray. I need to turn on some praise and worship music, music do some spiritual jumping jacks, get my blood flowing. Uh, it might be a little late for that if the enemy's on you or something's going on and you need a quick burst of, of prayer and Holy Spirit. You better be working it. And your heart better be pure. No bitterness, no anger, no wrath. Another of the things that defile us because he wants your heart to be pure. Proverbs twenty two eleven. He who loves purity of heart and has grace on his lips, the king will be his friend. That's kind of cool. King wants to be your friend, but only if you have purity of heart and grace on your lips. His desire is for us to shine. And I'm I'm just going to fess up here. The, the flesh stuff, we're always going to struggle with it. I'll be glad when, when we get the glorified body and all this other stuff is over. And then you can go, Phew, no more of that. But until then, we have to do, we have to put in the effort. I don't want to use the word work. We have to put in the effort. Well, I'm just feeling really run down spiritually. I just can't pray. Well, are you feeding your spirit, man? Are you giving it some spiritual protein? Are you 
spiritual protein buzz. What are you doing for your spirit, man? Well, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm five, I do a devotion five minutes in the morning. Yeah, okay. Your spirit man is dying because you are starving it. There's so much. There's so much access to things, even if you can't afford it. On the websites, free stuff, free, you know, just open Bible apps. And they're not even that expensive if if you can't afford it. Let us know. We'll figure it out. We'll get somebody to sponsor you. If you want to be a sponsor for somebody on the, on the porch, let us know. Because people, you need to start working out spiritually. You need to start eating right. Because the enemy's ready. The enemy's got some really jacked up steroids, some illegal spiritual drugs, and they're like mutants. I mean, think the worst horror film you've ever seen or superhero film and and one of these deformed mutants walks in the room and all the normal people go, huh? Well, that's what it's going to be like. It actually already is, but you, you can't see them yet, but you're going to. But he wants us to shine. He wants us to be the light that the world needs. You Are the light of the world, he says in Matthew 5, starting verse 14. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lamp stand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men so that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Let them see who you are. That lampstand is a stand for a lamp. That's why they call it a lampstand. And those lamps have oil. Because it's not perpetual oil, you have to have oil to replace it. That's studying the Word. That's praise and worship. That's getting together with people either uh, in person or online and praying and being edified and encouraged. Part of the reason Larry and I get together almost every day to pray is to stay pumped up, to stay energized, to stay ahead of the enemy. The Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKadosh, is the light of the Lord that shines in us and through us to expose the things of darkness, and that's why the enemy doesn't want it. That's why he has tricked false teachers into telling you there is no infilling of the Holy Spirit and the gifts are no longer there and blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. No, he's still there and he wants to shine. He wants to be in you. He wants to show the world, hey, don't get lost in the darkness. There's light over here. So no one lights a lamp and then hides it or puts it under a basket. That just makes no sense. Instead, the lamp is placed on a stand where everyone who can see it then enters the house. I mean, who wants to enter a dark house? Like all those horror movies, they enter the darkened room, and you know there's something in there, and they just walk by the light switch, and you're screaming at the TV. Well, it's kind of like that. Put it, put the light there so everybody can see it. But your eye is a lamp that provides light for the body. And when your eye is good, your whole body is filled with light. But when it's bad, Your body is filled with darkness. Make sure that the light you think you have is not actually darkness. If you're filled with light with no dark corners, then your whole life will be radiant. As through a floodlight, we're filling you, as though a floodlight, we're filling you with light. That's the New Living Translation of Luke 11, 33 through 36. I'm going to tell you something. I see a lot of people that say that they're believers, that they're Christians. They spout scripture who have no light in their eyes. Oh, they've got the smile, especially if they're from the industry. They know how to smile. They know how, they know how to look good. But then you look in your, their eyes and you see pain. You see no light. Babies can see light in your eyes. You're in a supermarket and you look at a baby and you smile. They look in your eyes and you suddenly get that smile back. But if they see anger, they see anything but that light, they're afraid of you. They might even cry. You need to leave the light on. 
That means leaving the Holy Spirit on, not putting them back in a box like some churches. Hey, Holy Spirit, let's have a meeting here. You're going to come out about 1030 after we do announcements. We're going to do praise and worship, do whatever you want to do. But at 1045, we got to get right to it because we've got to be out of here at noon. No. No. Leave it on. Leave him out. Let him do whatever he wants to do. Walk with him. Let him shine through you. Galatians 5.16, but I say, walk habitually in the Holy Spirit, seek him, and be responsive to his guidance. And then you will certainly not carry out the desires of the sinful nature, which responds impulsively without regard for God and his precepts. Sin means that the Holy Spirit's not there to convict, and the Holy Spirit's not there to shine onto that situation. Most people that are caught up in sin, they don't want to pray. They don't want to get around somebody like me who may call out their sin and read their mail. But nope, they want to hide. The other thing is, don't be lulled to sleep by the world and the enemy telling you everything's okay. I won't listen to this guy. It's not okay. Everything's not okay. As I'm speaking right now, somewhere somebody's being raped, someone's being murdered, some child's being molested, kidnapped, trafficked, somebody's sticking a needle in their arm and maybe falling over out of the street, maybe dying. Everything's not okay. There's corruption in politics. There's corruption in media. The enemy's running amok, prancing about, proud of their efforts not afraid of the church at all. But I'll tell you who they're concerned about. They're not afraid afraid yet. They're concerned about this remnant. They're concerned about you and me. We're trying to get it right, to get prepared, to get in shape spiritually, set the captives free to plunder their kingdom. Oh, they don't want that. I don't care what they want. Never have, never will. I'm not going to sleep. The world's not going to make me sleep. The world's not going to make me shut up about my brothers and sisters who are being persecuted and martyred for their faith. The world's going to tell me to back down and back off of this whole Israel hostages, 100 days. The people, no, nope, not going to do it. Not going to shut up. You know why? Because I know something. Romans 13, starting verse 12. Here's what I know. The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. So remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes and put on the shining armor of right living. Because we, that's you and me, we belong to the day. We must live decent lives for all to see. Don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness or in sexual promiscuity. You know who you are. Don't do it. Immoral living or in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus, the Messiah. And don't let yourselves think about ways to indulge your evil desires. Stop it. Doctor, doctor, it hurts when I do this. Don't do this. You have a problem with pornography? Don't look. You got a problem with gambling? Don't do it. Don't go where they do it. You have a problem with with alcohol? Don't hang out in bars. Don't be around your friends and think, well, I'm going to witness to them. I'll just have one. No, you won't. Testimony that Larry did on on, um, the Firefall Network. He talks about that. He was an alcoholic. He was a drinker. Got saved and well, I'm going to go to the bar and witness to my friends. About seven months later, he was on his face in his living room crying out to God saying, if you take this from me, I won't do it again. And the Lord took it from him and he didn't do it again. See, the reason Paul wrote that, the Roman church was asleep. It wasn't living the dynamic life of a believer in Yeshua. If we have the Holy Spirit, we should be dynamic. We should be explosive. We should be alive. 
we shouldn't be the church of the of the chosen frozen. Come on. We should be happy. We shouldn't be look like we were baptized in pickle juice or lemon juice. Nope. Baptized in Holy Spirit juice. You know why? Because I'm living a life with the expectation and the joy of Messiah's return, I know that at any moment he can split that sky. Oh, yeah, there are certain things in prophecy that aren't fulfilled, but they can fall like dominoes in a, in a blink of an eye, and he can go, okay, time to go. I don't want to be caught off guard. I don't want to be left behind to figure it out and then have to work through it the presence of the Antichrist and the fallen, and those things coming out of the pit. No, I'd rather be ready now. Wouldn't you? It's having anticipation. That's what the Book of Acts church had. That's why they were so dangerous. They weren't afraid. You could beat them. You could throw them in jail. You might even kill them like they did with Stephen. All they did is made everything grow scattered them so they took that spiritual pollen with them and and planted everywhere they went so the enemy figured yeah i I gotta stop doing that so here's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna put them to sleep i want to get them sit down let's get them out of the homes put them into these big buildings okay that's not working so we need to control what they preach and teach and who can preach and teach it and all this casting out of demons we gotta stop that so let's create a ritual well, they got to go through seven hoops and, and rings and waters. and No, 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 no. Did I say no? No. Not going to do that. We're going to do what they did. We're going to love on people. We're going to hug them. We're going to set the captives free. We're going to shine the light because we as believers in Messiah, we're not yet what we will become. We're in process. But we need to be all that we can be for the Lord in this present time. That's my passion for this year. Oh, I'm ready. Not, I don't, let me rephrase that. I don't know if I'm exactly ready for what the enemy's doing. I've had some recent visitations. Not all good guys. Uh, Lord showed me some stuff. Ten years ago, when I was full of spiritual stuff and vinegar and Bring it on. Got my sword. Let's run out there. Let's get it on. Let's get that Rocky music or Eye of the Tiger, and let's just do this. Yeah, well, the big boys are in the game. The heavy hitters are in the game. The no mercy, we, we, we don't hold back our demons and fallen angels are in the game. And because of how much evil they have absorbed, how much bloodshed, how much sin, they're berserkers they're 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 ready the majority of the church is going huh i i need to stretch a little bit i didn't sleep enough come on church wake up there are eight commands in romans 13 cast off the works of darkness let's cut the crap and stop dancing with the devil excuse my language we need to stop walking in the middle of the road because we're getting run over. And the church has become roadkill to the enemy. Pick a side. Be hot or cold, but don't be lukewarm because he's going to projectile vomit you out of his mouth. Get on the right side. Get on the Lord's side. Put on the armor of light. Shine. Get off. P- please come out of the world. Please, I get it. You have to go to work. Do those things. But do it with the knowledge that you are, this isn't your home. You're not one of them. You want to love them. You want to be friendly to them. But you don't want to compromise to be with them. And walk decently and be well behaved. Let's have a good witness. Maybe maybe you need a coach's spiritual talk every morning. I'll give it to you. Here it is. You ready? Let's go out there. Let's have a great game. Let's have a great day. Do your best. Smile. Be polite. Self-controlled. Remember who you represent. Everybody in the huddle. One, two, three. Ha! 
There you go. Got it. Let's let's just get it right and stop the rev the, the revelry, the partying, the carousing and the drinking. Don't tell me it's okay. Oh yeah, you can be forgiven. Grace, grace, all is grace. God'll forgive you. But when you're in sin, guess what? You're fair game to the enemy. And while you won't lose your salvation and you won't lose your soul, your present existence is going to become really uncomfortable. Don't do it. Why? What's the point? Quit all immoral living. Refrain from quarreling and contentions and jealousy and all the nonsense that's in the church right now. Stop with the politics stuff. Believe what you want to believe. Vote how you want to vote. But stop fighting about it. It's all a joke anyway. Politics is, is theater. And we're the audience. And they're the actors. But there's no point arguing about it. There's no point getting caught up in all the denominational nonsense. If you think that's good for you, that's great. It's not for me. For me, denominations are abominations. They are fractured. They are split personalities. I just want to worship the Lord. I want to be like the Lord. I want to be like that church, first church. And yes, I embrace my Jewish heritage, and I embrace the Messianic stuff, but I don't go so far as to get caught up in all the symbolisms and the rituals and the foul, you know, the little leather leather boxes on their wrist and their head, and that wasn't what he meant. Don't get caught up in all that, because here's what will happen. I don't know if you figured it out yet, but the Spirit has hit me, and I'm on a rant. But here's what has happened with this whole Hebrew roots things and getting back to our roots People forget that the law won't help you. But because they have fear, fear of I can't control it, a fear of I don't want to let the Spirit control it, I know that there are things in me, I'm just going to try to live by the law. You live by the law, you have estranged yourself from Yeshua. Law wasn't good enough. He's good enough. The whole danger of the Messianic movement is this, and I've seen it happen time and time again. You forget about grace. You lean back towards the law. And many just go back off into back into Judaism, Jewish legalism. And I'm going to tell you right now, listen to me. You go off into Jewish legalism, claiming that you still believe in Yeshua, you're going to stand before him and he's going to say, I'm sorry, I don't know you. Wait a second, aren't you the one who negated the cross and the blood and everything I did? And you went back, well, you're going to be judged by the law. That's what you wanted. Then you're going to be judged by every aspect of the law. That's what your decision says here. Let's clothe ourselves with the character of Messiah. Let's be like him. Let's have character. Don't be a character. And make no provisions for the lust. Don't don't do it. If you know what your button is, break it so that the enemy can't keep pushing it. And put on the armor of light. Put on the manifest presence of the Lord through his Holy Spirit. That put on, that word means to invest with clothing, either literally or figuratively, to to endue, which means to put on, to soak into, endue. I've heard that word before. Where have I heard that word before? No, that's right. The Lord said it. Luke twenty four forty nine. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high, until the dunamis of the Holy Spirit soaks into you like a dye and can't come out. Acts chapter 1, they ask him about, the, you know, when is he going to put everything back and take control of the kingdom? And he says in verse 7, it's not for you to know times or seasons, which my Father has put into his own authority, but you shall receive power, dunamis, when the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh, has come upon you, soaked into you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. It's soaked into the garment. You can't take it off. It's completely stained into the fabric. See, the disciples wanted to know when things would happen. The Lord answered how things would happen. The how is more important. The when he'll take care of. So instead of knowing the times or the dates, 
He said, go be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. Take this light, take this little light of mine and let it shine. See, they were being asked to do a supernatural job. Therefore, they had to be supernaturally empowered to do it. We've been drafted into that same job. It just keeps getting passed down to us. And we've been dispatched as well. So complacency is not an option. A.W. Toza was a pastor, author, and American missionary in the early 1900s says, Complacency is a deadly foe of all spiritual growth. Acute desire must be present or there will be no manifestation of Christ to his people. He waits to be wanted. Too bad that with many of us, he waits so long, so very long, in vain. Complacency is the deadly enemy of spiritual progress. The contented soul is the stagnant soul. There are people that say they want Yeshua, or they want what he can bring to them, but they're not hungry for him. They're not really seeking him. They're seeking the signs. They're seeking the manifestation. He's found by everyone who seeks him. But this won't be easy. What I'm telling you right now, it's not easy. Because our gospel is veiled. It's veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel and the glory of Messiah, who is the image of God, should shine on them. For we do not preach ourselves, but Messiah Yeshua, the Lord, Adonai, and ourselves bondservants for Yeshua's sake. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of the darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus the Messiah, Yeshua. 2 Corinthians 4, verses 3 through 6. We know who the God of this age is. It's Hasatan. But again, don't focus on him. Remember, there's a kingdom of darkness. There is a network, a, a hive mind of entities that work together. Deceitful, crafty, blinding people from, from the gospel. That's why if we're all shining all over the place, he, he can't stop that. Messiah, the very image of God the Father. We are the representation and the manifestation of him who is the representation and the manifestation of the Father. So if we shine that to the world from everywhere, all at once, all the time, what is the enemy going to do? Because darkness is just the absence of light. That's all it is. You can't measure darkness. You can measure light and the absence of that light, but you can't measure darkness. Oh, you can say, wow, it's really dark. It's pitch black. Well, guess what? That means there's absolutely no light coming from anywhere at that moment. Darkness, it can be gloom. It can be privacy or secrecy. It could be a state of ignorance or error, especially moral or religious things, wickedness, impurity. Yeah, just describe the world in 2024. It's a state of distress or trouble. I think it's the end result. Darkness creates distress and trouble. And you know why? There's a very close association between darkness, depression, and light. There is something called uh, SAD, Seasonal Affective Disorder. And yes, it's spelled sad, but it means they're sad because it's winter and it's dark, but they become severely depressed. And it's a clinical thing. And the danger of winter darkness, weak bones, depression, heart trouble, in long periods without sunshine, S-U-N shine, plays a surprising role in various physical and mental disorders. 
the Journal of Investigative Dermatology in a recent study suggests that exposing skin to sunlight can reduce the risk of stroke or heart attack. And yes, I know so. But if you get too much, that's, let's just stay with this for now because I'm tying this into SON shine. Because what sunshine does in the natural, it alters the level of nitric oxide in the human skin and blood. We're designed for light to benefit us. That's why he created the sun for us, for the earth. So the sun shines and small amounts of this messenger molecule are transferred into our skin, into the circulatory system, diluting blood vessels and lowering blood pressure. That's what the research said. Best time to do this is first thing in the morning. Go for a walk. Sit outside. Depression and light are opposites of the same scale because light is associated with what? Activity, hope, fun, fearlessness. Darkness represents fears and negative feelings and emotions. And what happens is it manifests itself in forms of hopelessness and worthlessness. The other thing about darkness, and this is from the American Psychological Science Study in, in Psychological Science. Darkness does something to the brain. It tricks you into the illusion that you're anonymous. You can't be seen. It's like playing hide-and-seek and you close your eyes and you believe that nobody can see you. We actually had a dog, Bobo. We inherited him from Deb's mother. He was a great dog. He went blind, and he would sneak around the house, especially sneak to get to the cat food, and he'd walk really slowly and stop and listen. He'd walk really slowly and stop and listen, and he figured if he couldn't see you, you couldn't see him. And what I would do, I know this isn't right, but it was funny. He would get all the way up on top of the cat food dish, and I'd go, whoa, he would jump and run, but the point is, he figured, I can't see them, they can't see me. Well, guess what? That's a psychological symptom of darkness. The other thing is there was a study done at the University of Toronto and the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, where they did some tests, whether darkness would lead to dishonest and self-interested behaviors. Guess what? Even though being in darkness or being alone or hidden really didn't do anything for their anonymity. It increased morally questionable behavior because the people thinking that nobody could see them and know who they are, I can get away with this. Well, isn't that scriptural? John three nineteen through 21, this is the judgment. This is Yeshua speaking to Nicodemus. The cause for indictment, the test by which people are judged, the basis for the sentence that light, capital L, has come into the world and people love darkness rather than the light, for their deeds were evil. For every wrongdoer hates light and does not come to the light, but shrinks from it for fear that his sinful, worthless activities will be exposed and condemned. But whoever practices truth and does what is right, morally, ethically, spiritually, comes to the light so that his works or her works may be plainly shown to be what they are, accomplished in God, divinely prompted, done with God's help and dependent upon him. Darkness is a place for sin to hide. Ever wonder why all those nightclubs and bars that are filled with people that are doing stuff they shouldn't do and probably going home with somebody that isn't their husband or their wife or whatever, usually very dark. Again, what is darkness? It's the absence of light. Well, we're talking about the kind of darkness where it's the absence of God. Light we can study. Darkness we can't. Darkness can't be measured. But if there's no light and darkness is there and evil is there, that means it's the absence of God. And whose fault is that? That's ours. It's our fault because we're not shining. There's no measurable light. And a simple, simple, single ray of light can break through the darkness and illuminate it. 
That's what Yeshua did. That's what Isaiah prophesied in chapter 9, verse 2. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. And on those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. That light drew them out of the shadow of death, drew them toward the light to be free. We need sunlight, fruits, vegetables, grains. To grow has to be light. Circulation, oxygen in the blood, sunlight. Healing, sunlight. Lifting up your moods, sunlight. Uh, Production of endorphins, serotonin in the brain, which makes you feel better, sunlight. Well, without sunlight, S-O-N light, all those things don't happen. We don't grow. We don't heal. We don't feel good about ourselves. And we wallow in the darkness. Darkness is an aberration to our physical bodies and it is an aberration to our spiritual bodies. But listen to me. Actually, listen to Peter. He said it better. First Peter 2.9, you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Oh, boy, is it marvelous. He called you out of darkness. And where? Into his marvelous light. Bask in the sunlight of the living God. Bask in it. Absorb it. Irradiate it. Let others see it. Colossians 1. Starting verse 9, Paul says, For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and I pray for you, to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, no matter who you are, where you've come from, what you've done. I'm adding all that other stuff. He didn't say that, but he probably thought it. Being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. That's us. Now, why? Why are we doing this? What are we? What's the point? Well, Yeshua told Paul when he was Saul why he was doing what he was doing, why he was calling him, what he was going to do for him. And Saul told this. I think it was the the governor Felix in Acts twenty six. He says, "This is what the Lord said to to Paul. I'm sending you to open their eyes." in order to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. All of us have that calling, to different degrees and in different ways. But we're here to shine the light into the darkness, to turn people away from Satan to God, so that they can be forgiven and be set free and sanctified. So why would the Lord allow this deep darkness, which we've talked about, to cover the earth? Why? And to cover the people. For us to arise and shine. To remove the darkness by his light in us. And we can't do that if we have it turned down or don't even have it on at all. So let your light so shine before men. You have to leave it on. I read this story. There was a keeper of the lighthouse at Calais was boasting of the brightness of his lantern, which can be seen 10 leagues at sea. It's pretty far. A visitor said to him, what if one of those lights should by chance go out? Never. Impossible, he cried, horrified at the thought. Sir, he said, pointing to the ocean, pointed out there, and he said, where nothing can be seen, there are ships going by all parts of the world. If tonight one of my lamps went out, within six months would come a letter, perhaps from India, perhaps from America, perhaps from some place I've never heard of, saying, such a night at such an hour, the light of Calais burned dim. The watchman neglected his post, and vessels were in danger. 
Sir, sometimes in the dark nights and the stormy weather, I look out to sea, and I feel as if the eyes of the whole world were looking at my light. Go out, burn dim. Never we should feel like he feels. Because time is up. The shaking and the stripping is here. We need to get back to basics. Because the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. The people who live in the land of deep darkness, a light will shine on you. Now, how do we get back to basics? How? How do we get to the place of shining this light? Well, we get people saved, healed, and delivered. Salvation, born again, spirit-filled. Then we disciple them, and then we do it again and again. And we teach them how to do it. Because the shaking has begun at the house of the Lord and those who live in it. And Paul is speaking to the church even today, and this is what he's saying. Wake up. Clean up. Get rid of those dirty garments caused by sin. So when the Lord returns, you are wearing the armor of light, not the deeds of darkness. Wake up, clean up, and grow up. The church needs to grow up. We need to do what we were told to do. We need to start living like we actually know him because it's getting darker because there's not enough light. And the demonic darkness is worse and getting worse by the second, but it will end when the day of the Lord approaches. So let's prepare to meet it. Let's prepare to see it. Let's be ready for it, shining and ready. The king is coming. He's going to expect, inspect the troops. So know this. It's a crucial time. It's a critical time. It's already the hour for you to awaken from your sleep. Spiritual complacency for our salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed in Messiah. The night, this present evil age is almost gone on the day of Messiah return is almost here. So let us fling off, fling away the works of darkness and put on the full armor of light. Let us conduct ourselves properly and honorably in the light of the day, not carousing and drunkenness, sexual promiscuity, irresponsibility, not in quarreling or jealousy, but let's clothe ourselves with Adonai Yeshua, Lord Jesus, the Messiah, and make no provisions for even think about gratifying the flesh in regard to its improper desires. It's nighttime, which means it's light time. Father, I come to you in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, the light of the world, your Son, who from you has the light of life, and you've given it to us to be a light to the world, to help each and every one of us listening, myself included, to shine brighter than we've ever been before, burn the dross off of us. If there's anything in our oil that has made it tainted or cloudy or impure, Holy Spirit, have your way and cleanse it. Purify it. Purify us so we can shine. Don't let the enemy have access to us. Don't let the enemy do anything to put out that light or diminish it in any way. Let's all burn together, burn bright, come together as one and overwhelm the darkness and put it on the run until the day comes when you come and there'll be sunshine all the time because you, Lord, will be shining. You'll be here. Help us. Give us an urgency in our hearts to change. Show us in areas of our life that need to be fixed, corrected, cleansed, cleaned, let go of. Because to do what you've called us to do, we need more of you. So fill us. More oil. More power. More love. More of you. I pray all these things. All these things. In Yeshua's name, if you agree with me, say amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you. Adonai Yeshua HaMashiach, lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Give you shalom. I'm Richard Grun. This has been The Porch on Firefall Talk Radio. Thank you.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.